0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 2 of Soapbox Stand-Up. My name is Lucas Muller, and it's Monday, February 21st. On this week's episode of Soapbox Stand-Up, I want to talk about the off-season, the preseason, roster moves, rumors, and other news within the organization. But before I do that, first off, I want to let everyone know, if you were a, le- a listener last season, you may have noticed a bit of a drop-off towards the end of the 2021 season. Basically, producing a weekly podcast by myself uh, was quite a bit more work than I had anticipated. Uh, I thought that a 10 to 15 minute podcast would be pretty simple to do. Um, Turns out, more time consuming than I thought. Even after having been a regular on the uh, Utah Royals FC show, this was more uh, time consuming than I anticipated. So for this year, I have recruited three excellent uh, RSL writers, podcasters, etc. in Miles Dunn, Ian Knighton, and Joseph Hutchinson. Um, really excited to have them on board. And the way this is going to work is essentially each one of us will take one week out of the month and we will be in a rotation. So it won't be just my voice you hear in here or someone subbing in if I, for example, I'm out of town. We will um, have a regular rotation. You'll hear more voices. I think that'll be really good for this podcast to be sure we can maintain a regular uh, schedule throughout the whole season. As always, the idea is to have a 10 to 15 minute recap of the previous game, a game preview for the upcoming game for both RSL and the Monarchs, and then cover any news around the Real Salt Lake organization. Um, Always shooting for having that in your Uh, podcast application early, early Monday morning so you can, um, kind of on your drive to work or whatever, uh, listen through what's happened within RSL recently. All right, I think that's enough housekeeping. Let's move on to the roster for Real Salt Lake. Um, Right now, there are a ton of players that are still listed on the roster, so I don't want to go over each position. You need to bear in mind that a lot of these players... Will be with the Monarchs if you're uh, looking at the official roster as it stands right now. Uh, the Monarchs, of course, will play um, in the inaugural season of the MLS Next Pro. It's a second division league that um, is absorbing a good number of the uh, USL teams that are associated with MLS teams. So a lot of the MLS 2 teams will come over. This year it's a bit of a shorter season for the MLS Next Pro, but Starting in 2023, it should mirror the MLS season very closely. At the start of the offseason, Real Salt Lake released a number of players like Donny Toya, Justin Portillo, those guys. Um, so they're no longer with the team. There's a few others. Probably the biggest outgoing move, however, was that of Albert Rusnak. Rusnak uh, had been in talks with the club on a new contract for months. We kept hearing uh, that the team was confident it would Get done, but uh, from Rusnak's camp, it sounded like it uh, wasn't happening, or terms weren't the terms they wanted, things like that. And ultimately, after being linked to basically every team in every league in the world, he ended up going to the Seattle Sounders. Um, so that's certainly a loss for RSL's unfield quality, um, but with his exit. Demir Krylock will take the captaincy for this season. So he'll have the captain's armband, and that feels really fitting. Demir, obviously a leader in the team, so that is probably a good move on that front, even with the loss of Rusnak. In regards to signings, Real Salt Lake have signed defensive midfielder Scott Caldwell from the New England Revolution, 31-year-old center back Johan Kappelhoff from the Chicago Fire, um, and a plethora of Uh, RSL Academy kids, uh, most notably Axel Kai, who becomes the youngest player in Major League Soccer history to sign a professional contract. I I believe he takes that from former RSL legend Freddie Adu. The biggest signing thus far in the offseason is that of Sergio Cordova. He's a center forward coming on loan from FC Augsburg. Uh, This is really exciting because he's only 24. He's on loan from another... Uh, David Blitzer Club, so we're starting to see that Blitzer connection work for Real Salt Lake, uh, and he's an uh, attacking piece. Now, he hasn't accomplished a lot so far, but bear in mind he's only 24, so he's a player who's still young, who has shown potential, and has room to grow. He's also, though, not going to be a world beater day one. He's a bit unproven. We're not 100% sure what to expect from him and how he'll adapt to the league, but him being on loan means it's a really low risk for Real Salt Lake. And overall, it's a really good pickup for the team. Uh, notably, Everton-Louise re-signed with the club. It wasn't clear if he would come back or not. But that's certainly a good move for the team. Another interesting piece of news is that RSL received $50,000 in GAM from the Dynamo in exchange for the homegrown rights to Brooklyn Reness um, Kind of fun, and that's... Good money for a player I'm not sure would have made it to the first team, so good on the academy for that move. Moving more into the rumors territory, Anderson Julio, uh, it seemed really likely that he would come back. My understanding, and this could be incorrect, but that there was a fee uh, associated with purchasing him at the end of his loan, um, and RSL did not want to spend that much on him, so they were trying to negotiate that down. Uh and essentially, his Liga MX side wanted more. Um, and it's not clear if he's going to come back or not. Uh, the price sounded pretty high for um, for a player that's really only been good off the bench. Granted, he's been incredible off the bench, but you don't want to spend too much money on that position because you don't want to hamstring the rest of your roster um, to have a good option coming off the bench in an attacking uh, player. It's a hard balance to strike. And hopefully he comes back, but it feels like those talks have really gone silent from what we're hearing publicly, so time will tell if he returns to the team or not. Arcel were also linked uh, with a move uh, to pick up Sebastian Blanco from the Portland Timbers. Uh, His contract was out. Um, He's a player that's had a lot of injury, and from what I understand, there were some real conversations that happened with him, but Blanco ended up re-signing with the Timbers. Probably a good move for both parties. He gets to stay at a club where he's well-loved, and RSL isn't picking up an injury-prone player. Now, he might come back and score a bunch of goals in RSL, in which case that would be very frustrating, but probably not worth the risk overall. Far and away, the biggest rumor for RSL this offseason has been Colombian midfielder Gustavo Cuellar. He's 29, uh, very experienced. He plays in Saudi Arabia, And on the Colombian national team. He's a defensive midfielder. And would probably fill RSL's biggest need. They really need a reliable six. They haven't had that since Beckerman started declining. Um, And it's a huge hole in the field for the team. Uh, Everton-Louise prone to injury. Prone to a red card here and there. Having someone as solid as Cuellar would be incredible uh, for the team. But... uh, Feels like this talks have really dragged on. It's not clear if he's going to come, if he's angling for more money, wants to stay in the Middle East. So, again, time will tell, but that would be a huge get for RSL and would take the team, especially that midfield, to the next level, which is going to be crucial going into this season. In regards to organizational news, uh, biggest news far and away is that Ryan Smith and David Blitzer have purchased Real Salt Lake from Deloitte Hansen. Those guys are both sports owners already. Ryan Smith is a Utah guy, uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Qualtrics, and recently bought uh, the Utah Jazz of the NBA. Some of you may be familiar with them. Uh, He was rumored early on to be a potential purchaser for um, Real Salt Lake seems like his relationship with Deloitte Hansen deteriorated very quickly. And him purchasing Real Salt Lake on his own simply didn't work out. Uh, but inner David Blitzer. He's a guy who owns Crystal Palace, um, FC Augsburg, a couple other soccer teams around the world. He's also one of the owners of the um, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So he is a sports guy, a sports owner, kind of through and through. He's been in that business uh, in in addition to his, um, uh, he works for private equity. Um, but he's been in that business for about 10 years and has a lot of experience at this point. So as far as owners for Real Salt Lake in a lot of ways, this is a dream ownership team. You don't have just one guy at the helm like we saw with, uh, Deloy, uh, but you have a couple of guys who are going to work together. There's a few other other minority owners. Um, we have a local guy in Ryan Smith and then kind of a soccer guy in David Blitzer, and that's a really good thing. Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune broke the news that, um, pretty much day one from them coming on, that Smith and Blitzer want to bring back the Utah Royals. Um, that is huge. That, if you know me, that's something very near and dear to my heart. Um, I think having an NWSL team in utah was huge uh it really made real salt like sort of the complete soccer um organization having um you know rsl in um the top level men's team the royals and the NWSL you had the monarchs and the usl now mls next pro um, and a great academy system and that is what you want and so the loss of the Royals was huge but the fact that Smith and Blitzer have said they are very committed to bringing back the Royals is fantastic. At their introductory press conference, I was able to ask them about that, and it sounds like it is a 100% for sure thing that they are on board fully in getting that done, and now it's just a matter of working out those details. So that is huge, and I know that the Royals left a lot of fans very heartbroken. I, I would count myself in that category Um, And so them coming back in either 2023 or 2024 is just fantastic and probably a great way for Smith and Blitzer to win over fans early on. Another offseason piece of news is that uh, interim head coach Pablo Mascheroni was named the full head coach. He is a guy that took this team on an incredible playoff run. Seems like he inspires the players and gets a lot out of them and players really like him. So that's probably a good move. It does feel like the safe move RSL have never hired an external head coach other than um, their initial head coach and John Ellinger uh, back in, I think they hired him in 04 for the 05 season. Um, So I don't think that that means uh, having Pablo as a head coach is a wrong move, but it is interesting to note. And last piece of organizational news that I'll cover in this week's show is that um, former RSL player Jordan Allen uh, has been named the U-17 head coach for Real Salt Lake. Super cool to see him back um, and within the organization. He did uh, an interview with Trey on Bleeding Claire and Cobalt. I would, I would recommend go listen to that if you're an Allen fan. Um, but, yeah, very cool to see him back in his organization Really sharp guy, and it's cool that even though his career was cut short due to injuries and health concerns, that he's still within Real Salt Lake. So again, that's kind of a high level of what's happened in the offseason. Now we kind of move into the preseason here. Arcel split time between, um, between being in Harriman and... Uh, and then a tournament in Tucson. Or maybe it wasn't a tournament. But they were in Tucson playing games. Um, the first game was against uh, Grand Canyon U- University that was close to the public. And from everything I could see, no score line was ever released. They then played to a 1-1 draw against the Houston Dynamo, which I think we only know because Houston tweeted about it. They came back to Utah where they played to an 8-1 victory over Kyle Beckerman's uh, Utah Valley University UVU. Um, That was a pretty fun game. I I was at that one in person at the indoor facility in Harriman. Bobby Wood absolutely on fire. He was destroying. He got four goals. Um, uh, Justin Muram looked fantastic to me as well. He was commanding. He was... Kind of the linchpin for a lot of the attack. Uh, he looked really sharp. Um, we also got to see quite a few uh, young kids. I think about the 60th minute, they basically did a line change. Saw a lot of people come in. Chris Garcia came in late. He's a player that's been injured a lot. He had a goal and assist. So some really promising things against uh, against UVU. Um, not the toughest of competitors, but absolutely what you want to see from a preseason team, you know, ramping up for, for the new season. Uh, the team then went to Portland, where they uh, faced Viking FC, which they lost 4-1. to one. Really bad result. One of those games that hopefully you just chalk up to uh, preseason and some rust. Uh, Viking, I think, is in the middle of their season, so they're probably a bit sharper. Uh, but definitely not a result. expect to see and hopefully not indicative of how the team is doing they then faced uh minnesota united that was a 0-0 draw that was not the strongest starting 11 by any means so it was good that they were able to hold off a pretty decent united side and in their last preseason game rsl faced the portland timbers who um, who defeated Real Salt Lake 3-0. to zero. Things had been going all right for RSL until David Cho was injured in the 70th minute, subbed out, and was replaced by Zach McMath. After that point, uh, the Timbers were able to ship three unanswered goals past Real Salt Lake. Overall, it's hard to know how indicative these preseason games are for uh, in-season form. It's kind of all over the place. I think there's still bigger questions to be asked, um... Probably in regards to roster, I think maybe another center back is needed. A defensive midfielder would be huge. Um, Although if Cuellar comes in, that absolutely uh, settles that up. Another number 10 would be incredible. Someone who can replace Albert Rusnak. Elliott Fall did say that they have the budget for uh, two new DPs, and it's kind of just a matter of finding those and be sure you're making smart signings. But... That's an exciting thing to hear from um, the general manager that ownership has, kind of given the go ahead on that front. Right now, going into the season, if I were uh, calling the shots, I think my starting eleven would probably be Cho and Goal, Brody Silva, Glad Herrera in uh, on the back line, but maybe have uh, a capelhoff in instead of Silva. I, uh, I'd like to see what he's able to provide. Uh, Caldwell and Ruiz. Um, in the more defensive mid- middle of the field, although Everton obviously can slot in there, but it just depends on fitness and health. And then I would put uh, Miram, Krylock, Menendez, and Wood to start. Um, it's hard because you don't want to leave at Rubin, but he's probably the odd man out if Wood is in form. But um, we saw a fair bit of them subbing in for one another last season. There's a good chance we see some more of that. It definitely changes the dynamic a lot having no Albert Rusnak, and that means um, Demir Kralik you know, will probably play more in the number, quote unquote, number 10 spot, even though he's not really number 10. He's not really number nine. He's somewhere in between those, and um, hopefully he's able to thrive in that position. All right, for self season opener, they are away to the Houston Dynamo. That's. This upcoming Sunday, February 27th at 5 p.m. The following Saturday, they'll be at home for their season opener where they will take on the Seattle Sounders. That game should have a lot of heat because um, you have Albert Rusnak on the team. You have Freddie Juarez on the coaching staff. So that will be a really, really exciting home opener. All right, that's it from me this week. Hopefully that gives you a good overview of what happened this offseason, this preseason and going into the 2022 season. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Monday.